Welcome to a special edition of the State of Recruiting, a weekly podcast brought to you by Orange 24-7, usually featuring Bobby Burton and me, Mike Roach. We bring this podcast to you as part of Orange 24-7's family of podcasts, including the flagship, uh, which would be covered by Chip Brown and Taylor Estes, and uh, the Longhorn Blitz, which would be Jeff Howe, uh, former Longhorn Rob Babers, and Matt Butler. Uh, usually on this podcast, you would hear Bobby uh, introing us and coming in, but Bobby's unavailable this week. And uh, for some reason, I told him I would solo the mission and, and go at it alone. So um, you guys are going to have to deal with me uh, going solo this week, which is a tough thing to do. Uh, but we're, we're going to give it a try and see how it comes out. Um, it'll be a pretty quick in and out show this week. I just want to kind of talk about a couple of things on the, on the Texas ledger and, you know, some things from the, uh, 24 seven ledger as well with new rankings dropping earlier this week. Um, so let's just kind of jump right into it. We will start, um, with the way that the kind of what we've done each week on this podcast is, is talk about the way the Texas board is shaping out as of right now and, and what's left on the 2020, uh, cycle, <clears throat> At uh, receiver, we've talked a lot about Savian Williams from Marshall. Uh, The big East Texan had a visit scheduled for uh, this weekend, coming for an official visit. Uh, Sources I spoke with felt very good about if if they could get Marshall, uh, I'm sorry, Savian Williams in for that visit, um, that they might be able to close the deal and get him to Texas. The news broke earlier this week that, that Williams had told several coaches at TCU where he was last week that he wasn't planning on taking a trip to Texas and, you know, checking with sources on my end, I I found the same things. Um, So Texas has been trying this week to, to get in with Savian Williams and, um, and, and see if they can get him to town on that visit. Uh, Checking with the source today, it seems like it's a situation that is still very much fluid and um, changing minute by minute. In my opinion, when it when it breaks down this way and you're having to do so much just to get the kid on campus, that usually doesn't bode well for the recruitment. So um, I don't feel great right at this moment about Texas get, having a chance to land Savion Williams, but that all could change if they were to get him on campus. So um, we'll keep checking on that. Please keep checking back with Horns 24-7. Another receiver to keep an eye on, another East Texan as well, is Calvante uh, Dixon from Carthage, the brother of Keontae Ingram made his official visit to Texas over the weekend. And from everything I've heard, Texas did a great job. And I think they closed the door on it. I I would expect Dixon not to make his official visit to Houston this weekend as he originally had scheduled. And it sounds like, you know, Texas did enough to shut the door. Um, I think that... Uh, from talking to people around Carthage, it's unlikely that you would see a, a signing day type of hat dance, uh, hats on the table type of thing. It's just not the way that Scott Surratt and that Carthage program would operate. But I think it's possible we see something go down this week, or, or especially before signing day. I don't think we're going to see anything on signing day uh, particular. Um, our our next uh, next guy we want to talk about defensive lineman Alfred Collins obviously the biggest name on the board um, things are still going fast and furious down to the wire here um, I think that you know Texas is going in home with Alfred this week Thursday night Tom Herman and the staff will will try to make that final push and um, Texas is is looking very good from what I understand everybody I talked to. 
Um, it, it seems more and more that, that Texas is in a great spot for uh, to land out for Collins, who, by the way, was just named a five-star in the top 247. So I think that you know with that, Texas needs to uh, just keep pushing, keep doing what they've been doing, um, and then you know really from there they can uh, they can land a big important piece of the class. Uh, losing Van Fillinger and and Princely Uma Milan earlier in the year, Texas needs to add defensive line talent. They already have two on campus with Vernon Broughton from Cy Ridge and Sawyer Gorham Welch from Longview. But Collins is is really that cherry on top, especially a five star cherry, a guy that can do so much up front and play in, in different alignments and and potentially be a freakish type of player. So um, would be huge. And, and Texas is is looking good as we head into the final week of that recruitment. Uh, we talked about Prince Liuma Milan. That's another recruitment that seems to be kind of all over the place. Uh, Texas has been trying to get back in on their former commit since Chris Ash took the job, and the staff has been out to Maynard several times. Um, from what I understand, they are trying to organize a visit this weekend, but there are a couple of other schools in the mix that are vying for Uma Milan's services, and they're trying to get him on campus as well. Uh, those schools, such as Florida, Alabama, and Auburn, especially Alabama, who I, at this point I'm not even sure would take him, um, are really kind of throwing a wrench into the plan. So Texas is still working at that, still trying to get somebody on. But, um, you know, right now it, that looks very much up in the air. Without him coming back onto campus, it's hard to see Texas landing him. But I know that there was some confidence coming out of the uh, coming out of the Elite Day visit um, that, that Texas could be in position to get back their, their former commit princely Uma Milan. Uh, the last guy really on the board is Ennis Rakestraw, the cornerback from Duncanville, um, who was just at Alabama last week for an official visit. He is slated to be at Texas this week for an official visit. Uh, you know, the Longhorns have been doing everything they can to push here. Alabama, from what I'm told, feels good, but they have limited spots left. And really, in talking to folks around Duncanville, I've heard that this is more so a Texas and Missouri battle. Missouri, the school that came in and, and offered Rakestraw back in the fall, kind of the first big school to jump in there. So he's got a lot of uh, a lot of loyalty to that program right now. And then Texas, you know, which Quinton Jackson, his teammate, already on board, uh, you know, pushing to to get in the uh, the Duncanville corner. Um, we'll see how things go following that official visit, but right now it sounds like uh, you know Texas is is in position to to strike and land him, and you know if they do, they would add to their cornerback class that, that currently only has Keaton Crawford in it. Um, so you know Texas is uh, really needing to to get a win there, and um, really just you know not strike out on a, on a number of these targets down the stretch. So that's what the 2020 board looks like. Um, I think. Texas is also expecting some some 2021 22 visitors this weekend. Um, I, th- I think uh, for the third straight week, I'll tell you that uh, for, uh, Kimball cornerback Ishmael Ibrahim is expected to be in Austin. He's had some issues getting a ride, but um, from what I understand, there's nothing nefarious going on behind the scenes. He's just literally had issues with a ride. So I've uh, been told that ride may come through this weekend, and um, Ibrahim will get to campus if that's the case. 
Uh, outside of that, uh, the the dead period will hit basically after this visit weekend concludes, and, and we'll run through the entirety of February. Um, so there will be no college visits. There will be no junior days in February. Um, it's it's going to kind of be a weird calendar year because you, we're used to, to hitting those junior days at the end of the month, um, going right into the spring camp schedule. And, and this year, I think that the junior days, if they have them, are going to more closely bump up against that, that spring camp schedule. So um, be on the lookout for, for updates on that. Obviously, if we know if Texas puts together a, an event uh, or, or a junior day, we will uh, have it over at Horns 24-7. I want to take a moment to talk about the top 247 and uh, specifically the the new five stars and the guys that that rose up into the the top two four seven and, and the guys that dropped out uh, of interest to Texas. The uh, the first guy we'll talk about is Bijan Robinson, Texas's five star running back from South Point Catholic in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Robinson was has been talked about as a five star all along, right? And he's a composite five star. But he did just get his fifth star from a 24-7. So if anyone is, is unfamiliar how that works, if you go to a 24-7 profile, on the very bottom you will see the 24-7 ranking. That is just our ranking of the player, um, how many stars by position, where is he nationally, and where is he in that state. We also do a composite ranking, which averages rankings of other major services like Rivals and ESPN um, and gives us an average ranking. That's where, where Robinson already had the fifth star. Um, with our newest update, Robinson landed at number 21 in the country, landed a fifth star, number two in the state of Arizona behind Keely Ringo, the sensational corner from Saguaro, and Bijan Robinson ranked as the top running back in the, in the nation. So uh, a lot of great honors for him. And uh, for more on that, I do have a little bit of a snippet here from Charles Power and Barton Simmons talking about um, you know what, what it was that really separated Bijan Robinson. At 21, Texas signee Bijan Robinson is our running back. Is he our top running back? I guess he is. He is. He's our top yeah. running back in the country. And and I, I think, I mean, he was outstanding at the All-American Bowl, caught the ball really well, really versatile. Um, but just dating back to, like, back in the summer when we were sort of revamping our rankings and, and digging back into junior film and that sort of thing, like, he just he just jumps off the screen from an explosiveness and athleticism standpoint, and I know that the, the, the quality of competition maybe varies a little bit out there, but and and he didn't have any sort of documented testing numbers, and so there was always this a little bit of an unknown with Bijan Robinson throughout the process, um, just a, like a hint of uncertainty from and particularly from our West Coast guys who just you know that's it's it's their head like they're the ones that are have to to live with with their decisions on the rankings out there. And so I, I just think the more we learned about him, not only on the field but off the field from a character standpoint and the reputation that he's developed around Arizona and from opposing coaches and those sort of things, uh, the more comfortable we got. And and he just, by the time of the, the final rankings rolled around, he he was the guy that we felt most confident in, I think for good reason. Yeah, I was, I was really interested to kind of see his – his burst and, and how he how he ran, you know, just like like you said, it, it, it's tough to tell kind of on, on, on the competition. He's from Tucson, Arizona, and they the way they do it in Arizona, they play, actually play open division. So he he did play some some strong teams once they got in the playoffs. But man, like he's he's the all time leading rusher in the state of Arizona. He averaged, I mean, this is crazy. He averaged seventeen point seven yards a carry as a senior, um, and and 
Like, I, I think when you look at that and his skill set, I think he's the best pass catching back in this class. Um, he, he's one that could could play receiver if you wanted to, to be honest. Um, so you, you kind of take all of that in consideration with how he looked in that in that setting um, at, at the All-Star game and his uh, contact balance. He's just kind of an all-purpose back. I think he you can use him in a lot of different ways, a lot of different offenses. Um, and, and there's just really not – like, I just don't think there's a whole lot of questions. He's He probably has the least – questions of any of the running backs in this class. And I think that's probably why we felt best about him being the top back. So what I found uh, to be most interesting about the the decision to rank Bijan Robinson as the number one running back in the country, um, especially when it comes head to head with North Shore's Zach Evans, was a lot of it was based on on some of the off the field stuff going on around Evans. I think that the two are, are comparable in talent, but I, I've always had Evans uh, just a tick above when it comes to natural tools. But I think that um, when you look at what Bijan Robinson is on the field, and that's a a dynamic runner, maybe the best pass catcher out of the backfield in the country and a guy that, that really has a full skill set and then you look at what he is off the field and which is you know I've said it a million times so when I went to Tucson to see him it was it was all anyone could do to grab me and just tell me about how great of a kid this was and I think that that radiates around him and um, it, it's easy to see in him that that kid has either um, you know he is either the greatest con artist of all time or he just really is that special of a person off the field and and I think that it's the latter so uh, the the complete skill set and maybe the risk involved for a guy like Zach Evans is, is really what vaulted uh, Robinson to the top of that list. And it's very well deserved. You're talking about a guy who ran for over 7,000 yards, uh, ran for 17 yards per carry his senior season, uh, captured the uh, Arizona 4A rushing title. As everything in the world you would want in a running back and, and a leader on your team. And so um, congratulations to uh, to Bijan Robinson for grabbing that fifth star um, as if he really needed it. Um, next on the list, we did talk about Alfred Collins. He, he came in at number 32. Um, it's still sound, which is the, uh, by the way, the final cutoff for five stars. So he got the last fifth star in the class. Um, and, and really that's because he checked a lot of the physical boxes at the all American bowl. Um, when it came to size, when it came to just wow factor of seeing him, I think a lot of the national guys who weren't familiar with Alfred Collins, who hadn't seen him, um, really, you know, started to, uh, ooh and ah when they saw his his just size and ability for me it's been kind of a weird thing because when i first met alfred he was a six foot five 245 pound kid now he's you know a six foot five 200 almost 80 pound kid so he's really blown up over that time but um the you know the the rise has been has been gradual for me to see it over time but congratulations to alfred for getting that uh, notable, Quinton Jackson made a slight move up from uh, number 55 to number 46. I think that uh, and Jackson was also ranked as a quarterback, a dual threat quarterback, where he had pre- uh, recently been designated as an athlete. I think that that's an important distinction because I think with Jackson, obviously, there's a lot of special physical tools there. But there are questions about his long-term growth as a passer. And, and those questions are natural. Um, he has all the arm talent in the world. He just really needs somebody to develop him as a passer. It kind of reined it all in. And um, I think that from talking to guys, they obviously understand how freakish of a player he is and how dominant he could be on the field. Um, but 46 was probably the ceiling for a guy like him with, with so many questions in the uh, passing department. Um, what that does is it does make Jaquindon Jackson the number one 
basically a dual threat quarterback in the state of Texas. And uh, that combines him with Hudson Card, uh, gives Texas the top two players at the position in the state. Um, so Texas, uh, we'll, we'll roll right into Hudson Card, um, who landed at number 69 on the list. Nice. Um, after a great Elite 11 performance, had a good senior season, and then was basically the consensus guy that stood out among quarterbacks at the Under Armour All-America game. Um, Hudson Card at 69 and Jaquinnon Jackson at 46. That is two top 70 players in the country Texas has coming into that quarterback room, um, which I can't stress enough how great of, a, of an accomplishment that is. You know, finding these two quarterback classes are tough. Um, you know, it's really difficult. And Texas is going to bring in two of the best 70 players in the country, let alone, you know, two of the top five quarterbacks in the country. So uh, congratulations to Hudson Card and Jaquinnon Jackson for both landing, you know, top 70, which is elite territory still. Even if you're not in that five-star group, I think if you're in top 100, you're in, in pretty high cotton, as they say. Um, coming after him, Prince Dorva checked in at number 124, which is pretty much staying put. I think that the our, our national rankings guys had, had found a, you know what they knew about Prince Dorva. I think they had a pretty good idea of. Um, he didn't do much different during the All-American Bowl week. He played mostly as an off-the-ball linebacker, which was something new. And while he didn't flash, he also didn't look out of place. I think that um, at number 124, um, they look at him somewhat as a tweener, but obviously an explosive and dynamic player with some edge-rushing ability, um, and that's what what kept him in there. Uh, John Tyler, cornerback Keaton Crawford, Texas signee, saw an upward movement. Uh, He is at number 144 in the top 247. Um, after a strong performance at the Under Armour All-American game. Um, uh, While he didn't finish as the top-ranked cornerback in the state, he showed off a lot of great tools. He showed off the track speed, verified speed all year. Um, And in every live setting I evaluated him in was very, very good. I saw him in a seven on, uh, I'm sorry, a practice in the spring. I saw him in a seven on seven tournament in the summer and I saw him in game in the fall. He was, um, without question, one of the best players on the field each time I saw him. So, uh, congratulations to Keaton Crawford coming in at 144. Uh, the, there were a couple guys in the class that took some drops. Xavier Alford, the Texas signee who's already on campus, dropped from 145 to 170. A lot of that was because a lot of guys moved up, and Xavier didn't play his senior season, so he didn't have a new body of work to go with. Uh, Jaron Thompson dropped from 158 to 194, and Vernon Broughton from 172 to 195. Uh, most of the time when you see those slight variations like that, uh, it, it's pretty much stagnation more than moving down. Um, it, it typically indicates that they're keeping them in that same area, but they're bumping other guys up above them, and that pushes them down a little bit. So I don't think there were any uh, momentous drops. Um, Jalen Garth, the Texas signee from Port Neches Groves, actually did see uh, you know a pretty big drop from 152 to 213, which is pretty understandable given the fact that, that Garth missed most of his junior year and all of his senior season with injuries. Um, we try not to drop anybody based on injury, but when you don't have a whole lot to go on, it's hard to to keep somebody that high. Um, so it's uh, you know it is kind of understandable that he fell. Um, I, I didn't necessarily agree with Logan Parr's drop from 215 to 244 nationally. Um, I understand why it was done. You know, Parr Logan Parr doesn't have the high end ceiling that you look for out of guys, and he's not an athletic freak. 
But to me, Logan Parr is one of the safest bets in the country. Um, I've never seen his production on the field dropped. I've never really seen him beaten in a game situation. He's a guy that I think is going to play multiple years at Texas. And, and look, when we talk about this stuff, you know, we're talking about it very much in, in relative terms. I mean, 244 in the nation is still very, uh, you know, still very good ranking when you're talking about every kid in the country. And and Parr is, um, you know, it's it's not an insult to him to be ranked there, but I, I do think maybe he's one of the guys I would have disagreed with dropping. Um, Andre Karich is another guy I probably would have dis- disagreed with. He fell out of the top 247. Um, and that's basically because when he showed up to uh, the All-American Bowl, his measurements didn't quite match what maybe we expected as a network. Um, his arms didn't have the length that that you look for in a guy that can be a tackle. He didn't have the hand size, all those type of things. Um, and, and he didn't really, you know, he had an up and down week, didn't super shine during uh, practices. I think he's still on pace to be a very, very good college player. Um, I think that, you know, he's still a guy that Texas can depend on in this class. I think he's still probably the best guy in this offensive line class. Um, and, and I think he can ascend to be higher than that ranking but as of right now, you know, they just didn't see what they needed out of him. Uh, Texas does have a chance to add Calvante Dixon, um, Princey Uma Milan. We mentioned those guys earlier. They both landed outside the top 247, but they are still four stars, and, and so is Carrick as well. Um, so those guys are uh, are still hanging in there. And then it's hard to focus on, on the guys you didn't get. You know, Mac Brown used to say, let's talk about the guys who are here, not the guys who aren't here. But when you do look in this ranking, you see some missed opportunities for Texas. Um, you know, we've talked about it a million times, but Texas would have been a legitimate threat for Jackson Smith Jigba, the number 15 player in the country, number two wide receiver in the country. Had they offered earlier in the process, in fact, had they offered at all, they've never officially extended an offer. Um, you know, that one is a tale that I will tell after signing day in the, in the best way I can, but. Um, Texas really, I think, a missed opportunity there, and I think they know it. Um, it's kind of been brought up to them on numerous occasions from what I understand. They lost head-to-head battles for Jalen Jones, who came in number 16 in the country, and DeMond Demas, number 31. Nothing you could do about those. I mean, they, those are guys that they identified, they offered, they recruited, and they just lost to both of them to Texas A&M. Um, so no, no real excuses there other than they just got beat for them. Loic Fungi, number 103, the wide receiver from Midland Lee, was a gettable guy for Texas, but I think that, again, in, in that case, they offered just too late and, and really um, – could have have done a better job pushing for him earlier they might have him John A. Barone is a guy I would have liked to have seen him go in on a cornerback but they, they just never did he landed at number 127 in the country and then while the race for Savian Williams isn't over he landed at number 163 you know Texas as I mentioned earlier is certainly looking on the outside of it as of right now so that could be another missed opportunity there for Texas that that's playing against them um, so as always, uh, I can't say enough about our rankings, guys, and the job they do. I know that basically that it's a thankless job, and if you rank anything, somebody's going to be mad at you. But uh, those guys, I don't always agree with them, but they do always put a lot of thorough work into these rankings and and try to do them the best way possible. And I think that's what sets uh, 24-7 aside from uh, maybe some other services out there. That's all I've got for this week. I uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the the Mike Roach solo show. I promise we're going to try to not have too many of these. Um, and next week um, we will be back with signing day. We're going to have a lot going on on the website next week. It's going to be uh, the road to signing day. Uh, we will have um, 
after signing day is over, I will drop a two-part behind the scenes of the 2020 class article. That's basically going to tell everything I can about each recruitment and everything I know um, that I couldn't really empty during the season. Um, we'll go into depth on those, so please be on the lookout for those. You can catch all that stuff um, by subscribing at horns247.com. And then um, next week I will be traveling. I'll be in Austin for Alfred Collins' uh, scheduled announcement. But uh, Bobby and I will find some time to record, and uh, then after that, I'm going on vacation for a little bit. So uh, we want to thank everybody so much for listening, everybody who enjoys the show. Again, uh, hopefully this is the only week you're going to have to deal with me yammering by myself, but um, we will uh, we'll get back to normal next week and, uh, and talk about some of the changes and the new exciting things coming up for Orange 24-7 this year. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week.